What's up, guys? Welcome to Real Men Talk. Today, we're going to do something a little bit different. It's the first time that we've ever done this. Was This was Anthony's idea, and I thought this was an amazing idea. So what we're going to do is we're going to re- post a podcast that we've done in the past and this podcast at this time we still had Craig on here and he was still doing a little bit with the podcast but this is the first time we've ever done this um and we thought it was very fitting it was something that we talked about we had Mark Fawn on there and they talked about the birth of America they talked about the importance of voting they talked about the importance of a man's life and talking about politics and different things like that so we thought it was very fitting especially for this week after it being the week of the 4th of July that we repost this podcast just to remember some of the importance and the and to help represent our independence again so without further ado let's get started here on Real Men Talk Welcome to Real Men Talk, discussing the tough issues facing men and their families every day. Here are your hosts. Mark, I want to thank you so much for being with us today. And I want I, I want you to to just let our listeners kind of know what what it is that drives you to be so passionate about politics. And, and tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, when I was in school... Uh, I had a teacher, and he said, if you study history, you don't make the same mistakes twice. Amen. And I thought, you know, that's pretty profound. And then I got to watching how politics affect our everyday life. And I thought, you know, we, we need to be involved in that in one way or another, be either be in it or supporting somebody. But we've got to learn what's going on, what bills are passing, and be involved in them. Amen to that. Amen to that. I'm a building contractor here in Poplar Bluff, Missouri, metal building contractor, and I tend to Palace of Praise. We've been here since 1990, about 32 years. And I've been asked tonight to talk about politics in, uh, in church and what politics really are and how we can change things. Now, we have to learn what politics are first. That's the only way we can change things. Absolutely. <clears throat> politics is the activities associated with the governance of a country. In other words, making laws, that's what these politicians do that run the country. How important is laws to the church? They are everything. They are everything. Laws controlling everything in our life. Can you have school prayer? Because while Christians were sleeping, a small group of people took school prayer out of school in 1962. Politics affect what you can do tomorrow when you get up and you leave your house, where you can go, what your kids learn in school, Mm -hmm. who can vote how much your property taxes are and your car taxes, how much money you have left over for yourself after working, and so on. Now let's look at what laws are and how we got these laws and the grievances we had with the English king. Okay, yeah, awesome. We started out with the Declaration of Independence, as you know, or a four-page letter of grievances to the King of England in 1776. Nothing is more inspiring than to go to Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, go to Independence Hall, and sit there and look at the old cheers. We were still sitting there where the declaration was signed. Uh, there's nothing more inspiring than that. We then had the Articles of Confederation in 1777 to govern our country, which did not work well. After the war in 1789, we adopted seven, seven articles in the Constitution or laws about how the government should function to replace the Articles of Confederation. Now, the Constitution clarified what the government could do but not about the rights of the people. This is where the Bill of Rights, or the Ten Rights of the People, comes in. Now, let me explain those, starting with the Articles of Confederation, and we'll come back to the Declaration. That's where it really gets good. The Articles of Confederation in 1777. Now, before the Constitution, America was governed by the Articles of Constitution. 
the states, the confederation, the states were supposed to be voluntarily paying taxes to the federal government to run the government. But not everyone was paying, so you had money, didn't have enough money to run the government. It took a unanimous vote at that time, too, to pass the state's laws, the government's laws, and any legislation. And nothing was getting done because of that. Not everybody, even in Christianity or anything else, not everybody agrees on everything. That's right. But we have to come to a consensus at some point. They decided to perform three branches of government with the Constitution. Mm -hmm. Now, the Constitution was adopted in 1789. The Constitution was based on the English Magna Carta and the writings of English philosopher John Locke. He said man has three natural rights, life, liberty, and property. He stated government should exist to promote public good and to protect the life, liberty, and property of its people. The Constitution called for an executive branch or president, a legislative branch consisting of the House and Senate, and a judicial branch. It took nine states to ratify it, or two-thirds. The Federalists are people who are for a strong central government, for national rights, and for local issues to be voted on at local levels, pushed for the Constitution. The Anti-Federalists, who wanted more power in the states, were against it because it did not protect citizens' rights enough. Nine states, or two-thirds of them, voted to pass the Constitution, so it passed. But the Anti-Federalists, led by Patrick Henry, still pushed for more laws to protect citizens' rights. Mm -hmm. Thomas Jefferson, who was ambassador to France at that time, said government should be fluid and able to move with change. So he encouraged James Madison to adopt amendments to the Constitution. They didn't want to bother the Constitution, so they wanted to put amendments to it to protect citizens' rights from too much government. In 1791, they come up with the Bill of Rights. The Bill of Rights was based on the English version, written in 1688, and the Virginia Delegation of Rights, written by George Mason in 1776. It defines citizens' rights and gives the people right to assemble peacefully and petition the government. It gives us the right to assemble and worship freely at church. It also gives citizens' right to bear arms. James Madison, a member of the House, began working on the Bill of Rights in response to the state's call for greater constitutional protection. The 10 bills limited the powers of federal government. As of 2022, there have been 27 amendments to the Constitution, and only one has been repealed. But the big ones were the 10 Bill of Rights passed after the Constitution. That's the rights of the people for me and you. Now, we're going to get into some of the grievances here. Is there any questions from anybody? Well, you know, I think it's fascinating. I think that, um, you, you know, all this stuff that, that it's not even really taught in schools anymore. You know, not not to this detail. You, you know, I understand that, that you know, the, they have American government and all these different things. And I've been out of school for a while, you know, because I'm old. But, um, it, you know, <clears throat> the importance of of what you're talking about and the, the knowledge that for us as men, you know, that that we th- this stuff is vitally important. Mm-hmm. It's vitally important to to our families. It's vitally important to our churches. It's vitally it's the laws. It, yes, it, it is so very important. Um, you know, and, and I am I, I'm already I'm super stoked, yeah. super stoked. Craig, you got anything? Yeah. Well, man, when when Mark was talking about, you know, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, Independence Hall and going and seeing those chairs where they where those men sat. Mm-hmm. It, man, I'm telling you, it gave me goosebumps on top of my goosebumps, brought tears to my eyes. Uh, It'll do it. Man, and it, 
And I, I haven't even seen that in person, but just him talking about it rattled my, my chest. And it was like, man, to imagine what those men, the hell that they endured. Mm-hmm. And to get, you know, for us to get to where we're at now. Right. It, it, man, it's such a it's such a solemn thing. You yeah. know, and, and you, you really put that into perspective and that's worth fighting for. That that's worth fighting for. And you know, and it kind of puts in the this whole perspective of of what is happening, you know, with the, the deconstructionism of yeah. of America. You know, how you know, you have this Juneteenth and, and all these different you know, people are, are saying you you know, seventeen seventy six, it didn't you know, America wasn't birthed in because because it was it was founded in slavery and da da da. And yeah. you see the the things that, that that we're talking about today not only are vitally important but they are inspired by God, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, and so it it makes what what the 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 leftist is doing and 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 all this stuff that much more appalling. Yeah, you, you know, to 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 us and to Christ. Yeah, yeah. We're fixing to break into that big right here, Anthony. Awesome. Well, uh, let's get into it. There's a lot of people, you know. I, I speak at different places, and they tell me they say, you know. I learned more from you today than I did the whole time I was in school about history. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's, it's just amazing the stuff that uh, they're not bearing down on in school. And, right. And, teach, and then when people get out, they don't know about our government. They don't know what they're supposed to be doing. They don't know to uh, not uh, try to hit a policeman. You know, stuff right. Like yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that's why we have so much craziness in this country. So I'm going to get into some of the grievances in the Declaration. Okay. The Declaration mentions religion four times. Nature's God, supreme judge of the world, creator, and divine providence. Of the 56 signers, four were present or former clergymen, and the 56 identified as Christians. 32 were Episcopalians or Angelicans. 13 were Congressionalists. 12 were Presbyterians. Two were Quakers. Two were Unitarians. And one Roman Catholic. Now let's discuss their three major grievances, and let's look at today when we when we talk about these and think about that. Okay, and come up with some questions there. For now, here's here's one of the grievances. I pulled my three some of the three worst ones out that we had with the king for imposing taxes on us without consent, taxation without representation. In other words, going to England, our money was, and we got no say about it. If you want to know today and what the government is doing with your money and how they're going to affect the church and the laws are going to come down on the church on, you have to stay informed. Our tax system is actually backward to advance productivity, though, according to the Bible, though. In the parable of the talents, the master gave one man five talents, another man two talents, and another man one talent. The first two invested his money or put it in a business and doubled the talents. The third man hid his. In this parable by Jesus, the master praised the first two and call the third wicked, and cast him into outer darkness. Today, we encourage kids to do good in sports and academics. Amen. If they do good in sports, we give them ribbons and trophies, and we send them to the Olympics, hopefully to be awarded a gold medal. If they do good academically, we give them scholarships. And when they get out of school, and they've got all this knowledge now, and they start a job, then we punish them for doing better, by increasing taxes on them every time they do better. We stifle production and then wonder why companies move overseas and take the most talented people with them. That's insanity. If God can run this kingdom on 10%, 
then you can run the government if they just keep corruption out of the system on 10% also. Yeah, and, and I don't mean to interrupt, but holy smokes. You, you know, the, the way the way that you just just said that right there, I mean, that is that is mind-boggling. You know, I, like I've never... I've never put all that together, you, you know, even, even in and of myself, I've never put all that stuff together. But when you, when you take all that and you lay it out like that, that is, I, I, it's eye opening. Yeah. I, it, when he was talking about it, it just illustrated to me, even within our own taxing system, how yes. we've gotten so far away biblically, not just morally, but even in the way we tax and operate daily. Yes. Yeah. That was, uh, man, was mind blowing. Wow. If I've got money to invest or if I need a superintendent on a job, I want the guy that made five talents. Right. right. I don't yeah. want the guy that hit his talent. Yeah. That's just, you know, that's how Jesus said to operate. Now, our progressive liberal or in short communist platforms today promote economic equality through government programs, no matter what you contribute. It takes away incentive and it lures people into being dependent on the government. If you are dependent on someone for giving you something to survive, that is not freedom. That is dependency on an individual or a government. If you give a man a fish, you feed him for a day. If you teach a man to fish, you feed him for a lifetime. Amen. And once a man knows how to fish, then he needs to get a job and go to work. Right. The Bible says if you don't work, you don't eat. So do that, and you will have a much more productive system than what we've got right now. That's right. That's right. You know, and even, I mean, that's, and that's biblically. I mean, you even look at, at, at you know, of course we're reading through the Bible right now. You, you look at, uh, um, you know, here we are, we're in Joshua. So yeah. Joshua's going through and he's, he's conquering Israel and they're, 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 you know, spreading all this stuff out between the 12 tribes and stuff like that. And you, you see them. I mean, it was, it was a command from God that they, they were supposed to, to take this over and, and grow it and it become their own and stuff. But you can't do that by being lazy. Right. And just being dependent on somebody else. Yeah. yeah remember, remember all the people that come back and say, oh, you can't go over there. There are giants over there. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh-huh. You can do it with God's favor. That's right. Yeah. Now, yeah, this that, is, go oh, ahead, Craig. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, but you know, like even in Joshua chapter six, when they go into, you know, Jericho, mm-hmm. it, one thing that always points out is, you know, the land was always promised to them, but they still had to put in the legwork to go and do it. That's they right. still had to follow the the order of the Lord, That's right? And uh, man, we you know he was talking about the dependency, and man, you see the like we've talked about in past episodes, Marxism, communism, socialism, and it's all coming to effect now. And that's their that's their overall goal. It goes back to being dependent upon the government, and then they can yeah. control your vote. Yeah, that's right. That's, yeah. exactly that's right. what it's all about. Now, this next one is going to blow most people's mind that have never read the Declaration and studied it. They're going to have no idea that this was going on. And, you know, it's going on today in another country. He has made judges dependent upon his will alone for the tenure of their offices and the amount of pay of their salaries. He has protected British soldiers by mock trials from punishment for murderers. Now, they're referring to the Boston Massacre where five people were killed and none of the eight soldiers were found guilty of murder. And of the eight, two were found guilty of manslaughter and were branded with an M on their thumb and they were let out of the service. That's all they did to them. That's it. That's it. That's the kind of government we had here where everything was about the King Mm. and the English government, but we had no rights. I have walked what is called the freedom trail in Boston. It's a sobering experience to walk that street and hear the story of what went on there that night. It's, it's just, uh, it's sad. Yeah. 
Now, he also says in the, in the declaration, we were deprived in many cases of benefits of trial by jury. You have transported us beyond seas to be tried for pretended offenses. In other words, he would send you off to another country. Well, what do you think the rights you would have there would be? <laughs> I mean, right, you were absolutely. guilty before you left. Yes. You know, you had no rights, and in the Bill of Rights, we were protected today because of this. Amendment 6 states we have a speedy and impartial jury trial. We have the right to be confronted with witnesses against us and bring our own witnesses and have counsel for our defense. Amendment 8 in the Bill of Rights, the 10 bills, and states we will not have excessive bail imposed. We will not have excessive fines or cruel and unusual punishment. Listen to what Proverbs 29 and 2 says. When the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice. But when the wicked rule, the people mourn. And that's what was going on right there. Absolutely. And I'm afraid there's a lot of the world right now in that same spot. King George was an evil king. And what if we don't be careful to elect righteous judges and righteous leaders, we will face that same wrath today. That's exactly right. You know, they say, you know, well, like you had quoted earlier, you know, it, it, if you if you don't learn history, it's it, it's it's going to repeat You're itself. You're doomed to fail. Yeah, it, and and it's just that's, a matter of time. And that's exactly what we're seeing in, in America today. You see that downward spiral spiral mm-hmm. of of you know what's going. On. I was talking to I was talking to somebody the other day, and this is this is kind of kind of on point, but it, it's anyways. Um, we were talking about persecution. Talking about persecution of the church, and um, we were talking about it over in like uh, um, Iraq and stuff. You know, the church in Iraq is growing just it, it, leaps and bounds, um, and is driven by persecution. And mm-hmm. somebody asked him, you know, or somebody told some a pastor that was over there, and they're like, you know, we're going to pray that the persecution stop. And he said, no, don't. Well, he said, you, you know persecution is what's what is driving this mm-hmm. you know don't pray that it stopped god is moving in this he said that's so true th- it is so true you know and he began to talk about how america has gotten so laxed and mm-hmm. you, you know that that we have become so um fat on our religious beliefs you know that we've become comfortable and i mean how how often do you see that i mean look at any um any big uh, empire yeah. and, and what you, you know, you had, you were, you gave statistics a couple of uh, episodes ago about how you, you know, you, when it, once they get away from the traditional family and all this stuff and they, they get lax in their stuff and they get fat and happy and, and they, they begin to um, uh, move away from, from, from what, what built them, you know, they get into homosexuality and all these different things. They get away from the traditional family that the empire begins to crumble. And uh, we've gotten away from our our inspired, God inspired uh, beginnings, and we're seeing we're reaping the consequences of it right now. Yep. I'm going to read just a few things about uh, what what men need to be like to get this stuff back. What you just talked about. Yes, let's hear it. Uh, David was an upright heart, and he shepherded his people. Proverbs 11 and 4 says, where there is no guidance, people fall. Matthew 20 and 26 says, whoever is great shall be a servant just as Christ come to serve. How many people have that mentality right now? Right. Mm -hmm. Integrity on one who observes God's laws is a servant to the people, and he's above reproach. 
And last of all, Jesus said, Christ washed the disciples' feet in John 13 Mm. as an example of a leader. Yes. That's what a leader is, is a servant. That's exactly right. And uh, we'll take a break if you want, and then we'll come back and talk about the third grievance and then go from there then. Absolutely. Well, I want to thank you guys for listening. We're going to take a commercial break, and we'll be right back with some more exciting stuff from Mark Fawn. If you want to join in the conversation, join us on Thursday nights at 6.30 p.m. We gather with other like-minded Christian brothers to discuss hard-hitting topics that affect men on a daily basis and use a biblical approach to overcome common strongholds that affect our families. We show men the importance of being the spiritual leader of their home and what it means to be a real man in the eyes of Christ. Join us at the Palace of Praise, located at 1400 Herschel Best Boulevard in Poplar Bluff, Missouri. We meet in room 400 every Thursday. Come be a part of the discussion. Welcome back to Real Men Talk. We're here with our very own Mr. Mark Fawn. Mark, we're going to pick up right where we left off before the break. So go ahead and pick up where you had it. Okay. We're going to get into the third grievance here. But one thing I want to say, you know, when when you know about all this stuff I'm talking about here and how our Constitution was all set up and our laws was all set up, you can talk to people when they start telling you stuff and you know if it's right or wrong. Right. And we hear so much stuff. It's just not right. Right. But yet people vote for people that they don't know about. They vote for things they don't know about. And then I watch these politicians on TV and I'll ask them a question. Are these the people running our country? And they'll just kind of laugh. I'm thinking, really? You're running our country, you know? Right. Or, or they'll just talk for a while, you know, and just randomly talk. And, and then, talk all the way around the question. Yeah. And if you know this stuff, you can call them to the carpet on it. That's right. And you can say, hey, this ain't what the Constitution and the Bill of Rights and our laws say. That's and, right. And we want you to do that, or we want you to hit the road. And so before you get into that grievance, I've got a question for you. Okay. Um, I, I want you to kind of explain to our listeners the importance of educating yourself on these things that you're talking about. You know, educating our, ourselves on what we're voting for, what, you you know, the, the, the history behind America— you, you know, because there is so much trash that is being thrown out all the time, constantly being um, being pushed down our throats, you know, and all this uh, this false information, you, you know, they don't they don't care if it's a lie or not. If they push it hard enough, people are going to believe it, mm-hmm. you know, but and because they know that people are are weak minded and they refuse to ed- they're too lazy to educate themselves on, on this stuff. And kind of, kind of in your own words, explain to the listeners how important it is for them to educate themselves. Well, here's a problem we've run into with some of the judges, you know, that people have elected and that we've had uh, our officials elect. The last four years there, I mean, the country, a lot of the country was controlled by judges, not, not laws and not the House and Senate. Mm-hmm. The legislating was being done from the bench. Their job is to interpret the laws that come out of the house and Senate, they're not supposed to be sticking their nose in there and giving their opinions. And they can say, I wasn't, but Republican and Democrat, I don't believe it. Mm -hmm. I watched it both ways Mm -hmm. and judges shouldn't be doing that. They should be legislating what comes up. That's right. And that's how important it is. I want to get into one of the third grievances. 
He has erected a multitude of new offices and sent swarms of officers to harass our people and eat their substance. He has quartered large bodies of troops among us. He has put troops in your house, Anthony, and you've had to feed them. (laughs) Foreign troops. Can you imagine that? No, I couldn't. The Patriots were not allowed to make arms in America, but small groups did anyway. This is why we passed the Third Amendment in the Bill of Rights to make it illegal to quarter troops in anyone's house without their consent. How many people do you know that really know about that today? I don't I don't know that anybody really knows about that <laughs> yeah. today. Isn't that horrible? And, yeah. and that's what can happen if you don't watch your laws. That's right. This is why the Second Amendment, or the right for civilians to bear arms, was also passed. James Madison said, now, you can let people talk, well, it ain't really in the, in the Constitution. Well, no, it's in the Bill of Rights. It's in the Second Amendment right. of the Ten yeah. Bills, and it's in there. James Madison said, it was to allow the creation of civilian forces that can counteract a tyrannical federal government. Right. In other words, keep these people from harassing you at your house. Keep these people from saying, hey, I'm taking over your house. Right. And keep them from eating your bologna. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. I I mean, it's unreal. That's right. Now, that gets into gun control. In 1920, the winning party wanted to ban guns from being carried and one of them kept at home in a safe place. Now, you can go to the platform of, night, or of 2020, page, or it's number 47. Read it for yourself. I, I just copied it right out of there. They wanted to ban high-velocity magazines. Right. They said you didn't need that to deer hunt. No, we need it in case Russian troops. <laughs> right. <laughs> like happening in Ukraine. Right. We don't mm-hmm. need it to deer hunt. Some people might, <laughs> but... You know, that's right. not the reason. If and they're that's, my brother. That's a great, that's a great point. And, and if I can interject there, I was, I was listening to, to a, um, a podcast earlier today and they were talking about, you know, what's going over on over there in Ukraine. And they were talking about, um, this very thing. And they mentioned that Russia right now is the third largest military in the world. Okay. And they're trying to overthrow Ukraine, which is like. I think it said the 33rd ranked military, okay? So the uh, an extremely small military, and yet they're having a hard time doing mm-hmm. this because the president of Ukraine gave out like 6 million guns mm-hmm. before Russia r- come in. And you see what they're doing with these guns. They're, they're holding, you know, the... They're holding off this huge military that is on their border. I mean, they yeah. didn't even have to, you know, fly to come over. You know, they're just going across and they're using these guns. And this just goes to show how vitally important our Second Amendment really is. Yes. You, you know, because God forbid, God forbid Russia come over here or anybody else, China or anything like this, or, or even our own government come against us, to tr- you know, to try to overthrow us, that we can protect ourselves and our families. That was James Madison's biggest worry was our own government, actually. Right. Coming against us. Yeah, and I think, no. um, I think, like we were talking about earlier, about persecution and, uh, you know, Iran, places like that. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes we we can be a little naive when, it, when we 
think about America and us falling into that same persecution. You know, I mean, look at what's going on in Canada, our neighbor to the north. Right. You know, I mean, the church is being persecuted. You know, pastors, if they speak against homosexuality, guess what? They're they're facing prison time. Prison time. You yes. know, mm-hmm. to say that it's not coming here. We've already seen glimpses of it. You know, the <clears throat> bakers in Oregon uh, refusing to make uh, a cake for a same sex couple, different things like that. Uh, you know, you looked at it during the pandemic when it first kicked off, um, you know, and, and everywhere else was open but the church. So, I mean, you're seeing the direct attack. It all comes back to the church. And, uh, you know, I mean, who's to say that they wouldn't try to disarm us, mm-hmm. you know, if the if the wrong person's in office? That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Right. I've been on two mission trips to Mexico, and, you know, Mexico's kind of a dictatorship, you know, slash communism, however you want to call it. Mm-hmm. But when we went down to build churches, uh, one of the times the pastor and I was fixing to walk across the border there, and I said, do you feel that oppression? Mm. As soon as we walked across that border, he said, yeah. It's like something just fall, it fell all over me. And I said, it's, it's like I feel like I need to have a bath now. Mm. I feel dirty. I mean, it, it's pitiful, the oppression down there. Right. And when we was putting a roof on one of the churches there one of these days, all these uh, all satanic people come out, and they're doing this chant around us and prayed around us and everything. Yeah, well, we just prayed and went on. I mean, right, yeah. <laughs> But it, it it was different, boy. I mean, I bet. If, you, if you ever been out of America, you love America, even the way we are now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You could you even see it on the people there, Mark? Yeah, a lot of them. You could just see the oppression, and yeah. like at that time, uh, one time we was down there in eighty, and I asked one of the guys, I "said What do you make a week?" And he said, "It was forty dollars." Oh wow! Yeah. Oh my goodness! You, you know, you go in the morning and you get wow. one of them tortilla shells, and you rub a little tomato paste on it. And that's what they had for breakfast. Oh man! Now, wow. You may not have no lunch. You know, yeah, uh, but it's just pitiful what oppression and communism does to people mm-hmm. all across the world. It, yeah, somebody asked me about uh, the bills we signed with China. I said, "Well, I wish we would have took that paper, that three cents we spent on that paper, and saved it, because they've never told us the truth." No, mm-hmm. I would have rather had the three cents for the piece <laughs> of paper. Yeah, for I mean, sure. It, it, don't don't deal with people that's going to habitually lie to you every time you deal with them. Yes. And, and, and you, Putin's pretty much the same way. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and yeah. never, never has there ever been a successful communistic no. country ever. But I was talking about high velocity magazine stuff. Well, guns don't kill people. People do. And if you ban guns, they're going to use knives. Right. Just, just like they've did in Europe. They're going to use clubs or they're going to use vans of fertilizer like was used in Oklahoma, which did a whole lot more damage than a gun did. I'm going to tell right. you. Blowed yep. up a whole building. Yeah, mm-hmm. Cain killed Abel with a rock. That's right. Yeah, You're not going to stop that if you take guns. I mean, look at Chicago. It's just a train wreck. I've been up there two or three times before on business, and I've never never been up maybe one time through Cicero. But, I mean, man, it's just a train wreck. Oh, right it is. You, you know, and, and I had I went to Chicago. It's been several years ago now. It was before, you, you know, all this stuff is really, really happened. You know, well, Trump was in. You know what I mean? So it was before it got real bad over there. Mm-hmm. And even then, we had went to a Bulls game, and you drive up there, and, and it's it's almost like a, a movie scene. You got McDonald's with all the windows boarded up because they've been shot out and different things like that. I mean, it's it's awful. That's the way it was then. And the crime rate has grown Three hundred percent or more since then, but they're a gun-free zone, right? Yeah, you know, and it, you know when it 
we talked about it before in men's Bible study, you know, and I don't know if you have this um, in your notes or not, Mark, but you know, even when it, when it talks about defense, Jesus even said, if a man doesn't have a sword, let him sell his cloak and buy one. That's right. You know, getting people into church and we have a lot of good pastors here and a lot of good people and, and y'all do a lot of good things in this church, getting people into church and changing their lives it's going to do a whole lot more than taking a gun away from them. They're that's not going exactly to want right. to kill people if you change your life. That's right. That, that's what you need. And Jesus is the answer to everything. Yes. You either you're with him or when you get to the end there and you've got all these ordinances against you and mm-hmm. you don't have Jesus Christ as your personal savior, you're not going to heaven. That's right. And that's the bottom line. Now, as we look around the world, specifically the crane, we see how important it is for citizens to be able to protect themselves. As World War II was starting, Japan was discussing whether to attack the mainland or Pearl Harbor. Admiral Yamamoto was said to have told them, you cannot attack the mainland. There's a gun behind every blade of grass. That's, That's right. how important it is to have Amen. a gun. Yes. Peace through strength, like Reagan said, is the best policy, whether locally or internationally. Again, you know, we need to keep a strong military and a strong police force. We must keep control of our government and our military as patriots and Christians. You cannot fight the army. You have to keep control of your government. You have to know what's going on in your government. If all of us get our guns together and all of our ammo, and we get in this room, bunker down, put sandbags up, Craig, you're a military man. They can pull up an Abram tank out there and one shell blow this whole room up. Yeah. Or they can fly a F-35 over and blow this whole church up. Right. So... You know, just having guns alone in this day and time, it's a little bit different. We're pretty advanced now, and you, you've got to have control of your government. Right. Now, here's the problem I have, and people aren't seeing this. Some families have two kids because they're working hard, and, and they want them to be able to feed them and send them to school and send them to college, and they work every day as hard as they can. And then they feed a bunch more people that aren't working. And those right. people have five kids. And then those two kids, say of mine, have two kids each. Now you've got four. But the family that's not working and it doesn't think like we do, that's coming across the border and doesn't think like we do, they have five kids who have five kids. Now there's 25. Right. Versus four. Now if you multiply that again, it goes to 125 versus 32. Do you see the problem if we don't wake up in America and shut that border off? What's going to happen? Absolutely. You're going to be taken over by math, just the numbers of it. Mm -hmm. My ancestors fought in the Revolutionary War, and because of that, I'm able to be a member of the Sons of the American Revolution. My ancestors fought against slavery during the Civil War. My ancestors fought in World War I and World War II for freedom worldwide. My brother fought in Vietnam against communism and i intend to let those not let those patriots down who fought and died for our freedom yeah that's right i intend to fight for god's word my family my friends and freedom until i've taken my very last breath that's how important it is to know about these laws to know about your constitution and to keep control of your country and make sure they're not doing stuff that's going to shut your church down. That's right. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Amen to that. Well, you know, it, we've got some things that that we can do as as men, as Christian men. One of them, one of them is voting. 
Mm-hmm. You, you know, so important. You've you got know, to do it. Kind of, kind of explain the the biblical standards of voting, if you don't mind. Well, again, we we talked about a while ago about you know when you're electing people, you want them to be men of integrity. The Bible says, one who observes God's laws, a servant to the people, and above reproach. Mm-hmm. And it's our job to get out and meet people. And, you know, I go to events every once in a while, and I give to people that I have a lot of faith in. Right. Because if you don't, don't think Hollywood won't give to who they want to be in there. Mm-hmm. And then you've got you a train wreck. Right. And that's what happened in America a lot. Yep. Now, I've seen lately the uh, House and Senate are going after some of these big companies like Meta and Amazon and stuff. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, that's the big money that put them in. Right. <laughs> Yeah. And they're turning on them. Biting the hand that fed it, them. It's amazing how God can turn things around. This Ukraine thing, I, I've had such a burden for it since it started, you know, and me and a lot of people prayed uh, that God would uh, disorient some of those soldiers. Mm-hmm. And remember those that uh, got out of the buses and stuff and they asked directions and they yeah. were arresting stuff? Yeah. And it, it's happening. Absolutely. It, it's yeah. happening. And like you said, they're having such a time taking this uh, – these capitals and these other cities. And I'll say this because, you know, Jesus is coming pretty soon anyway. And, you know, I'm going to be out of here and I'll leave the train wreck with them. So it, it don't <laughs> matter. That I say this, but I've said this from the beginning. Uh, we're land of the free and the home of the brave. That's we're right. the strongest free country in the world. Amen to that. We should have stepped up with NATO and said, Hey, here's what's going to happen. Russia's building up on their border. They're coming in. They're coming in. Mm-hmm. Sanction the oil immediately. But worrying about what they're going to do, they're going to do it anyway. Mm-hmm. Send troops or not troops. I don't. I don't think we should have troops in there. But we should have given them planes, tanks, anti-aircraft guns, and told every NATO country, if you don't do it, when they come against you, and they will, we're not going to help you. That's right. And stop making America pay for everything. Mm-hmm. That's ridiculous. Yep. And, but why didn't we do that a month ago? And now they want to get all this stuff in there to them, which they still haven't done. And the cities are surrounded. You can't get it in there. That's right. It's it's like retroactive versus proactive thinking. Yeah. We have got to be proactive as Christians, as patriots, as leaders mm-hmm. in the military. You've got to see this stuff coming. I guarantee you we had military leaders saying, hey, you better do something. Right. Yeah. But yeah. nobody at the top pulled the trigger. Well, you, you know, we talk about uh, the importance of voting, you know, and, uh, you, you know, whether you believe that the – um, the election was rigged or not, you see who, who we have as leadership. And if yeah. we would have had competent leadership, they would have been proactive. Yeah. Um, but our, our the, the disappointment that we have in our White House right now, and I'm not just talking about just the president, I'm talking about in, in a wide range, um, keeps us from doing that, you know. And so you go back to to the biblical standards of voting and the integrity and, and all these different things. You know, for one thing here, and I'm, and I'm going to say it, you cannot support abortion and be a Christian. Yeah. You you cannot. And so if you vote for a person who, who supports abortion, you are supporting abortion. You you cannot do you cannot coherently do that and and maintain a conscious consciousness of of, of you know a, a any kind of integrity to Christ, mm-hmm. you can, you know, and so we talk about the the importance of voting and the the integrity um, and keeping people who who are integrity. 
educate yourself. Educate yourself on on who you're voting for. Find out their their previous voting record. Yeah. You, know, you, you know, are they telling the truth? You know, if you look at if you look at um, well, let's let's take our president for instance. You know, all the things that he he blew smoke out of. You know, if you look at his previous voting record, you'd have known he was blowing mm-hmm. smoke. Yeah. yeah, he he was blowing smoke, and well, we see it now. You know, here we are. We're two years into it, and and we're like, oh, holy smokes! I seen a guy on Twitter today, and he said, he said, I regret voting for Biden. <laughs> well, you, if you'd have done your daggum education in the first mm-hmm. place, you wouldn't have had to worry about it. Yeah. You know, come on, get get with the program. You know, you, you talk about proactive, being proactive instead of reactive. Yeah, you know, come on, guys, we 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 can't afford this anymore. Yeah. Um. You know, well, we've got, we still have more stuff to cover. Um, we're going to take one more break. And uh, and when we come back, we've got some more questions and, some, and, a, and a clip to, to play. If you want to join in the conversation, join us on Thursday nights at 6.30 p.m. We gather with other like-minded Christian brothers to discuss hard-hitting topics that affect men on a daily basis and use a biblical approach to overcome common strongholds that affect our families. We show men the importance of being the spiritual leader of their home and what it means to be a real man in the eyes of Christ. Join us at the Palace of Praise, located at 1400 Herschel Best Boulevard in Poplar Bluff, Missouri. We meet in room 400 every Thursday. Come be a part of the discussion. We are back here on Real Men Talk. We're here with our very own and Mark Fawn. We've been talking about religion, politics, the standard of biblical voting, and more. Uh, Mark, uh, we want to pick up right where you left off and get back into uh, where we're at. I know you said you had some resources for us uh, to go and look at places, uh, platforms, and uh, as far as voting goes. Yeah, there's several magazines in Missouri where you can go and see where an incumbent's been voting or somebody that's already in office. Mm-hmm. And you know what they're going to vote for then. Right. You don't have to have them telling you, you know. Yeah, you can and, see it. Yeah, and then uh, if you want, it gets close to election time, just Google it. Google the Democratic platform mm-hmm. and Google the Republican platform, mm-hmm. and they'll come up and it'll tell you the things that they're going to try to accomplish in the next four years. Read it. See where you're at in life. Okay. Right. See, see what you think is closest to what God wants. That's right. What is closest to our Constitution, our Declaration, our Bill of Rights and see what's going to be proper for these laws to be a, a come again, you know, that people will start going by these laws. And we don't have people hitting policemen and burning buildings and stuff. Yes. We've got to stop that stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, back to Anthony. You know, and, and we're talking about, you, you know, the, the voting platforms and stuff like that. So I found this, I found this site. Okay. Um, it's called isidewith.com. Okay, and what it is, it is it is a um, it's a website that you can go and look at the top political issues. Okay, and see how people vote. Okay, and there are millions and millions of votes on on this thing. Some of them have been voted on for you know several. Some of them have been around for several years. I'm I'm just going to read just a couple of them that I had found on here that were that were really shocking. Okay, so. Um, they had one on abortion. So should, should abortion, uh, remain legalized? It was, was a question. 
Um, and this this particular topic has been voted on since 2011, okay? And they've had a total of 35 million votes plus. Wow. Okay? 62%, 62% of those votes, which is 22,180,127, were pro-choice. Okay, I'm just going to let that sink in for a second. Only 38% of that was pro-life. Okay? Then you go to same-sex marriage. This one has also been voted on since 2011. Um, there was a total of 34, uh, 34 million votes plus. Okay? 68% of them voted that there should be same-sex marriage. Yeah. Okay, that's a total of 23,177,974 people voted yes on same-sex marriage. Mm-hmm. Only 38% voted against it. Okay, so, so far we have, we have uh, abortion and same-sex marriage, which both go against biblical values. Yeah. And the vast majority have voted that these things should be in place. Okay. So let's let's can move to interject something. Yes, sir. Quick, Anthony. Yes, bring uh, it on. You know the Bible talks about in uh, the Old Testament, if you lie with a man, you know if a man lies with a man, you will be killed. Mm-hmm. Yes, and, and you know it, it's not my uh, thinking on that. I'm just telling you what the Bible says. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Go ahead. That's yeah. interesting. You know, and then okay, so should the should the government continue to fund Planned Parenthood? This was a question. It's been voted on since 2015. There was a total of 16 million votes. Okay. 63% said yes. That was a total of 10,089,196 people voted yes that the government should continue to to fund Planned Parenthood. Okay. You might say, you might say that, well, I'm sure people got on there voted many, many, many times. It actually mentions that in, in the on the, the website that they only allow, they only take the latest vote. So these are 16 million individual people that have voted that, yes, okay, let's go to, let's go to our schools. Let's go to our schools. Um, should critical race theory be taught in K through 12 education? <laughs> uh, there now there were only this has only been voted on since 2020 so we've only got two years of voting on this 520,000 people plus voted for this and 57% of people said yes 57% 299,335 people in two years decided voted yes on uh, on allowing critical race theory which is straight from hell, to be taught to our children, to our children. Okay. Then you go on to should should businesses be able to deny service to a customer in the request if the request conflicts. I'm sorry, I'm going to start over. Steve, if you can cut that out. Should businesses be able to deny service to a customer if the request conflicts with the owner's religious beliefs? Okay, so this has been voted on since 2015. There are a total of 10 million votes plus. 54% of the uh, of the votes said no. They should not be able to deny the request. 
That's a total of 5,765,209 people said that they should not be able to deny that request. Okay? Then you go into, let's, let's go into drug use, you know? Are you in favor of decriminalizing drug use? Now, this isn't marijuana. This is drug use, okay? This has been voted on since 2012, okay? There's been a total of 16 million people vote on this, and 59% of people said yes. 9,522,952 people said yes, they should decriminalize drug use. Total. And we see this in Oregon, which we knew this was this is where things were going to go whenever they started legalizing marijuana. And, and so I, I get to this. I say all this stuff because, you know, we were talking about the importance of, of voting and different things like that and having integrity. And and we should we should be we should as men. OK, as men, as godly men, we have to understand the importance of of our vote, our influence um, the influence that we have on, on, the, on the people around us that we should be pushing our brothers. Get out and vote. Take your wives. Get out and vote. Um, all these different things. I, I, I've got a, I've got a question for you. What would you say to a person? It, because I hear this all the time. Mark, what, what would you say to a person that said, you know, I, I don't get out and vote because my vote doesn't count. Can I tell a really, really big story about that real quick? Yes, Take please. about a minute. Our 27th Amendment is about the pay of the representatives in the House. And this come up with the Bill of Rights. There was actually 17 Bill of Rights. They cut it down to 12. Then they cut it down to 10. But of those two, those 12, one of those Bill of Rights said, you know, if this person is in office, yeah, you can pass a law to raise your salary, but it don't go in effect until you're out, till the next term. You see what I'm saying? Right. Now, the voters can look at that and they can say, hmm, I'm voting him out. Right. Or they can not. You know, they can look at, do they need a raise? You know, they, they get they get a, a voice. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Okay. But that was cut out in 1791. Really? Fast forward to 1982. This student in Texas, college student, wrote a paper about that. His teacher gave him a C+. He was smoking ticked. I bet now, he was. To get an amendment passed, you have to have three-fourths of the states to ratify it, and then it goes to you know, the House and the Senate. You, know, mm-hmm. you have to have two-thirds to ratify it. He started writing all these states. Now, this was in 1982. He started writing all these states and getting all these representatives and stuff behind this. In 1992, the bill that was brought up in 1791, which he got a C-plus on, was passed. Oh, my goodness. Can you believe that? Just because one student in Texas at a college said, hey, I can change things. He changed up. Do you know how hard it is to get an amendment to the Constitution? Oh, my goodness. It, it, none, none has been done. The last one was in 1992. That was it. Right. There's not been one in the last 40 years or 30 years. From a student. Yeah, a student did that. So, yes, your vote counts. Yes, absolutely. Get out there. Yeah. Uh, if your party may win by one vote or two votes. Yep. They need you. And I think that a lot of reasons, you know, and and you covered a lot of this stuff that that we're getting ready to talk about. Um, but um, I've got a clip to play, and and, and I think that a lot of times, um, w- what is happening is because we don't understand, we don't understand the birth 
of America. You, and I know you covered a lot of this stuff. This guy, so I'm going to set the I'm going to set the stage for this this clip here real quick. This is a clip from a, a podcast that I listened to called Cooper Stuff, um, which is a great po- podcast. Um, if you've not checked it out, you should. Uh, John Cooper does a great job, but he had a guy on there named um, Graham Allen who was running for Congress in North Carolina. Okay, um, he's not anymore. Another Republican stepped up, but anyways, the guy he, he's he's an ex Navy SEAL, loves America, and he just kind of described you, you know it, and and whenever I talk about people don't understand the birth of America and all this stuff, mm-hmm. the. the 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 deconstructionism of, of stuff that's happening in America, you know how how America in my air quotes here, America was founded on you know racism and you, you know slavery and all these different things. It's because they don't understand. They, they don't understand. Steve, you have that clip ready? Let's play it. That there are dates in history that are fundamentally world-changing events. In, in my opinion, because I am an American and I do love America, um, uh, other than the uh, birth of Jesus and the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus, I believe that July 4th, 1776 is right up there in top five, if not top three. And, 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 and here's why. We are such a young country, and as Americans, we are so adamantly arrogant like it's part of the american culture <laughs> right like like that's who we are we're like no we're you know we're americans we're better than you you know like, like like that's just inherently american but we forget about the history of the world and context and christians forget about context a lot too we've had this discussion if you don't understand the context of the bible it's really hard to understand the vastness of what the scriptures represent in the Bible. So July 4th, 1776, isn't even when we won the Revolutionary War. It was years later that that we actually won. And and, and what's so substantial about July 4th, 1776, is that the founding fathers, through divine intervention, uh, and and you're never going to let me, you're never going to convince me otherwise that God's hand was not involved in the forming of America. And here's why. Slavery, and this is their big thing, is because when we initially declared independence, we didn't get rid of slavery, right? That, that's the big thing for Juneteenth and this and that. Uh, no one is arguing how horrible slavery is, how abhorrent it is. Nobody, no, nobody's arguing that. But slavery has been a part of human history since the beginning of time. Literally, literally, of all human history where humans have had any involvement, there has been slavery, there has been, and it's still to this day in other countries. So the founding fathers were the first people to sit there and go, before they even declared independence that started the Revolutionary War, they had already altered the course of human history. They had already written the Declaration of Independence. They had already written our first uh, 10 uh, amendments, the Bill of Rights, because they sat back and they said, you know what? The government doesn't give us our rights and our freedoms. Our, Our rights and our freedoms come from a higher power, a creator. So therefore, they are inalienable rights. They cannot be taken away, and the government does not have the ability to give or take away those rights and those freedoms. People lose the vastness of this. 
Wow. So I, I, I picked this clip because it, it's beautifully done. It, he did such a good job. Um, you, you know, it, of course, he's a, he's a military man. He loves America. Craig, you're a military man. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and you see there's such a... Uh, um, so much trash going against you know a God inspired nation, you know, and which is what we are. God, God inspired what had happened, you know. And he goes on, and it's later on, and and I had to cut it a little bit short because of time. But um, he goes on to to explain how how God, you know, what had happened, you know, our Declaration of Independence has never happened in the world before ever. You know, which I, I guess he mentioned a little bit of it in there. You know, it's it's never it was revolutionary. You know, you you everything was ran by countries and all these different things. The concept of a free nation was was revolutionary. You, you can't tell me that that people come up with that on their own. You can't. Yeah. And it was it was great. Uh, he did a great job. I would like to know your thoughts on on what he said, Mark. Well, it, it's amazing, and a lot of it tied to you know what I just talked about. And mm-hmm. do you realize in four years, we're going to be here 250 years as a free nation? Yeah. Isn't wow. that incredible? That is incredible. I, I can remember sitting on the steps of the uh, National Archives and watching the parade go by and the president and the, and the old guard fife and drum corps. Mm-hmm. And that's when I uh, took a uh, mind to reenact the uh, signing of the Declaration and I tried to get the old guard fife and drum corps, and everybody said, "Oh, that's impossible. You know, that's not going to happen." And and so I had one of my uh, representatives send a letter, and one of my senators, you know, I told him we'd pay. Mm-hmm. And then I finally got a hold of a captain in Washington D.C. and worked it all out with him. And they come to Poplar Bluff, Missouri, and, and we did that reenactment here. We did it on the steps of the Capitol. Mm-hmm. And you know, people need to know about what went down that day and what these men give up, their lives, their fortunes, their sacred honor. These 56 men were trying to be killed by the British. That's right. And I don't know how many times uh, they call uh, George Washington the great spy master. Everybody says, well, I don't want to watch that you know, debate or all that. I do. I want to know what my enemy's doing. Mm-hmm. George Washington, we were not the strong army. They, right. they had us 10 to 1. But he always knew where they were at. We had the providence of God. Uh, he destroyed their fleet in New York Harbor. Mm-hmm. There's so many battles, you know, that he intervened in on our behalf. But what, they were all time trying to kill Washington and his wife. Four or five times they had to leave in the middle of the night with a couple riders. And so you need to know what everybody's doing, what they're thinking, and then you need to develop a plan to stop it if it goes against God's laws, if it goes against the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, the United States of America, our freedom. This is what's got to come back. we got to stop spending money. We can't be $30 trillion in debt. It's just all insane. We need to just say, hold it a minute. Let's just start this thing over. Right. Right. Yeah. Craig, what are you, give me some thoughts of yours. Well, you know, uh, I was sitting here thinking about, you know, the founding of America and, you know, obviously God's hands have been upon us from, from day one, you know, everything that we've endured, you know, we really looking at it and, and looking back, we shouldn't have won the revolution. Uh, we were outnumbered out, man, whatever you want to, however you want to look at it, but God's hand was there. You look at the, uh, the history behind the star spangled banner, you know, and the flag being, still standing because of the bodies that mm-hmm. were holding it up yeah. uh, and everything that was endured. We, we shouldn't have, but we did. 
and you know, you think about why America's there's a lot of reasons why America is here. Uh, but two of the biggest reasons, one to stand with Israel two to spread the gospel. We've been a fun right. uh, driving force, the uh, ultimate funding for the gospel of Jesus Christ go around the world. And it's no surprise why you see this attack, you know, uh, we've stood with, with Israel, we've stood for the Lord, uh, one nation under God. And you see that deconstructivism, it's yes. been going on forever, you know, in God, we trust, you know, and they want to use that. I was before, uh, tonight, you know, I was reading up on separation of church and state. It's something that's so twisted and mis misunderstood. Right. It's not what people have made it out to be. Absolutely. That not. was made so we could worship freely in public. And that the that the state had no say of what we could do. And now it's been twisted to where they want to take God out of the schools. They want to take him out of the courthouses. They want to take him out of this. And then we, we act surprised while we're seeing what's going on in our nation and the judgments that's came. Absolutely. And that's, that's one thing I'd like to talk about. You know, I'm glad you brought that up, you know, the separation of church and state. Because there are a couple of things that they constantly use. You know, when, when you talk about somebody with, with politics— um, you, you know, they constantly want to bring up separate, separation of church and state, or they want to bring up slavery. Well, first off, separation of church and state is not in our Constitution. Yeah. You know, that was in it was a, a letter. Clause. Yeah, it, well, no, it was a letter that Thomas Jefferson wrote. And that's, that's, where, that's where it come from. It was, um, it was, quote, it was a letter. Okay, so um, it said this. So uh, it was a phrase written from, from Thomas Jefferson in a letter. It said, I contemplate the sovereign reverence that act of the whole American people, which declare that their legislate should make no law respecting the establishment of religion or prohibit the free exercise thereof, thus building a wall of separation between church and state. It has nothing to do with the way that they use it today. Nothing to do. It has nothing to do with keeping religion out of schools. It has nothing to do with keeping religion out of out of out of our laws. Um, none of that stuff, you know. And, and of course, we've we've hit on slavery a lot, um, you know. And of course, he, you, you know, we have this this trash, this Juneteenth um, that, that's going around. You, you know how America was built on slavery and and all this hogwash, and that's that's what it is. Um, it, it is it is a direct defiance of before God and what God has done in America. Um, you know, and some people may, may call this, you know, you know Americanism, Americanism or whatever, you know, you call it whatever you want, but the facts are that this nation is God inspired, you know, and for the, the reasons that you had mentioned, Craig, yeah, you, you know, and so you, you see these, these lies that, that, that are being pushed, you know, separation church and state, you know, how the, you know, America was, was founded on, um, uh, uh, on, on slavery and, and all these different things. And, and I, to be real honest with you, it's, it's about time for us to stand up. Yeah. It's time for us to, to take a stand and, and let us know, you know, and I'm going to be real honest with you, you know, my entire life, my entire life, I've always heard the two things that you never talk about are religion and politics. Hmm. And, and as, as I was doing this study, I began to analyze that. You, you know why, you know why people don't want to talk about religion and politics passivity yeah they they're they don't want any, any conflict 
So it's easier just not to talk about it. So there is no conflict because people can't have a healthy conversation. I had a, had an incident one time I was at work, um, several years ago. As a matter of fact, this was 2016. Okay. And I had a gentleman, we were, he was a Democrat and we, we begin to, to talk about the, the, the politics, you, you know, the, the election and different things like that, that was coming up. And, and I, I was, I was explaining to him about Martha Sigrid. Okay. And how she founded Planned Parenthood and her reasons behind find, founding Planned Parenthood. It was genocide. Yeah. She wanted to annihilate the black people. That, that was the mm-hmm. whole purpose behind, behind um, uh, Planned Parenthood. If you don't believe me, look it up for yourself. Um, and he's like, you know what? I'm sick. I got to go home. And I mean, he got so angry, so irate. He couldn't even work. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm like, dude, I, I thought we were having a healthy, I, you know, I mean, it, on my end, it was heated. I thought we were having a healthy conversation. The dude got so mad, but that's not going to stop me from telling him the truth because people need to know the truth. Are you going to be, are you going to allow people to go to hell because you don't want to make them upset by telling them the gospel? Right. Yeah. You know, that's passivity. You, we cannot do that. We are, we do not have the, the time nor the, the opera, the, nor are we in the position. Jesus is coming back. People need to, we need to love people enough to let them know that they're in their sin. Yeah. We need to love people. We need to love America enough to let people know that, Hey, what's going on here is not right. It's yeah. wrong. It's, it's not of God. This is of God. And this is why. Yeah. Well, and I don't even think it, it it's just the passivity part of it. I think when you bring up the truth of, you know, of truth of politics and, and the truth of religion, which is Christianity, it it convicts people. And yes. it's, and it's a confrontation they don't want to face and it's something they don't want to submit to. They want to keep living their immoral lives and, and they don't want to turn away. And I think that's why a lot of people say, well, we shouldn't do that. But, you know, I, I found a few quotes. These are from founding fathers of ours in, in this great nation that it just shows the, the, the heritage and the roots of our, of our Christian uh, roots and upbringing in this nation. I have one from George Washington, who, as we all know, is our first U S president it says why we are zealous, zealously performing the duties of good citizens and soldiers. We certainly ought not to be in a, inattentive to the higher duties of religion to the to the distinguished character of patriot, it should be our highest glory to add the more distinguished character of Christian. That's from the writings of Washington, pages three forty two and three forty three. Amen. Uh, Thomas Jefferson, our third U.S. Uh, president and drafter and signer of the De- Declaration of Independence, said, "God who gave us life gave us liberty, and can the liberties of a nation be thought secure when we have removed their only firm basis, a conviction?" in the minds of the people that these liberties are of the gift of God, that they are not to be violated with his wrath. Indeed, I tremble for my country when I reflect that God is just, that his justice cannot sleep forever. Notes on This is from the notes on the state of Virginia, query uh, pages 237. Another one from the writings of Thomas Jefferson, pages 385, says, I am a real Christian, that is to say a disciple of the doctrines of Jesus Christ. Um, another one is John Hancock, who was the first signer of the Declaration of Independence, said this, 
Resistance to tyranny becomes the Christian and social duty of each individual. Continue steadfast and with proper sense of your dependence on God. Nobly defend those rights which heaven gave and no man ought to take from us. That's from the History of the United States of America, Volume 2, pages 229. Amen. Amen. Man, and those are, those are so good. And I hope that people have learned tonight. Mark, do you have any closing thoughts? Go vote. Educate yourself about what's going on. Go vote. That's how you're going to keep control of your country. Amen. Hey, guys, we just wanted to thank you again for listening. Again, if you guys have any questions, you got any concerns, comments, you can always reach us at realmanatpalaceofpraise.com. You can always find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. And if you like what you hear, please make sure that you are sharing the podcast. The more you guys like it, the more that you share it, the more it gets out and it can be recognized and more people can hear what we are trying to do here. So hopefully you guys like it. And if you have any questions, like I said, please feel free to reach us. And as always, we want to end in a prayer. Holy Spirit, guide us to be leaders of our home, of our churches, and of our communities, and teach us to be godly, courageous men. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You've been listening to Real Men Talk, brought to you by Palace of Praise Church in Poplar Bluff, Missouri. If you would like to get in touch with us, shoot us an email, realmenatpalaceofpraise.com, or visit our website at palaceofpraise.com. If you're a man age 16 and up and would like to be a part of the conversation, join us at the Palace of Praise every Thursday night at 6.30 p.m. If you don't have a home church, consider joining us for worship on Sundays at 10.30 a.m. and 6 p.m. Palace of Praise is located at 1400 Herschel Best Boulevard in Poplar Bluff, Missouri. New episodes of Real Men Talk drop every Thursday at 5 p.m. You can find us at iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Anchor.fm, Amazon, and more. Real Men Talk is a production of Palace Media Service. Real Men Talk has been brought to you this week by RLP Construction in Poplar Bluff, Missouri. For commercial contracting of all types, see RLP Construction today. And by the Jewelers Bench in Poplar Bluff. They are your one-stop shop for all your fine jewelry needs. They also do in-house repair and are your citizen watch dealer. Make sure to thank our sponsors for bringing you Real Men Talk. If you want to join in the conversation, join us on Thursday nights at 6.30 p.m. We gather with other like-minded Christian brothers to discuss hard-hitting topics that affect men on a daily basis and use a biblical approach to overcome common strongholds that affect our families. We show men the importance of being the spiritual leader of their home and what it means to be a real man in the eyes of Christ. Join us at the Palace of Praise, located at 1400 Herschel Best Boulevard in Poplar Bluff, Missouri. We meet in room 400 every Thursday. Come be a part of the discussion.